0: This is Mark Lane. This is Robert Groden. This is Dick Russell. This is Jim Mars. This is Lisa Pease. This is Dr. David Mantic. This is Cyril Weck. This is Jim Eugenio. This is Joan Mellon.
1: This is David Lifton. This is Jerry Polycock. This is Gary Schell. This is Bill Kelly. This is Greg Bernal. This is Gerald McKnight. This is Sherry Feaster. This is Joseph McBride. This is Bill Davey. This is Dave Ratcliffe. This is David Talbot. This is Doug Horn. This is Walt Brown. This is John Barber. This is Judge Joe Brown.
0: This is Bill Pepper. This is Richard Belzer. This is Oliver Stone. This is Governor Jesse Ventura, and you're listening to Black Op Radio. Video computers online. Archiving
1: 44K. Initiate sequence. T-minus 37th. T minus twenty-five seconds.
0: Live
1: Twenty K. T minus twenty seconds.
0: Phone lines are a go. T minus fifteen
1: seconds. T like minus ten seconds. Flight check complete. Satellite up verified. Like Welcome to Black Op Radio, the voice of political conspiracy research.
0: You're listening to Black Op Radio, the show NSA doesn't want you to hear.
1: Now here is your host, Leno Sannic.
0: everyone welcome to another segment of black op radio this is your host len osanic and we are today speaking to researcher producer broadcaster james corbett hello james
1: well hello len it's good to talk to you again
0: yes last time we spoke i think it was on the anniversary of the passing of fletcher prouty and you had done a, a memorial show talking about uh, a lot of the interesting work that fletcher had contributed i think to political research included me in a bit of that so thank you very much. And uh, People are always interested to hear about that. There's, you know, very few people like Fletcher.
1: Absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, there's a lot fewer people who are just getting into this information and getting into uh, the types of information we talk about who are familiar with Fletcher Prouty, which is to their detriment, which is why I did that episode of my podcast in the first place. So if people haven't heard it, I hope they'll uh, check back in the corporate report archives for that, because, yeah, absolutely. I think people like Fletcher Prouty are... Very rare and unique, and I'm glad that uh, his voice was out there, and I'm glad that you're out there preserving that voice.
0: Yeah, you know, it's strange that when you find opposition to someone like Fletcher or or Jim Garrison, people trying to say, well, the guy was a crackpot or something, once you look into it, you can see where this opposition is coming from. It's not just people who are misguided. There's a real effort to uh, sabotage or character assassination, however you want to describe it they just try to minimize someone's importance you know Fletcher was one of the few people that worked in the Pentagon very high up and talked about it and he talked about it casually when when I went to meet him in his den you know you sit there like you're talking to an old uncle or somebody you know family friend. He just tell me how it works and he would tell you this is how it how it worked in my day and this is what we did and it was just so matter of fact that it was um, not only refreshing but just wow I recognize the ring of truth compared to all the other, you know, stories that you hear, and people want to pass off something as, uh, as how how something happened. If, for instance, like the Kennedy assassination, right?
1: Exactly right. And I think it's important to note that uh, in the 20th century, it was a lot easier to marginalize voices like that. You couldn't necessarily shut someone like Fletcher Prouty up unless you took some sort of you know drastic solution to that. But um, e- even to the extent that he was out there and talking and publishing books and what have you, that could be effectively ignored because of the incredible gatekeeping of the the publishing industry and radio broadcasts and all of that, all of the main mass media devices of the 20th century, which is why if Fletcher were around today, I'm sure he would have a website and would be getting out the information in other ways. Um, And for the last couple of decades, I think that really has been a real Incredible breakthrough. There has been a lot of information that has gone out through the internet that uh, ev- evaded all of the old forms of gatekeeping that uh, that were in place. And although there was an attempt to marginalize the internet and information from the internet back a couple of decades ago, you might remember people used to say, "Where did you read that on the internet?" As if that made the information untrue in and of itself. Uh, that I think was not a very effective tactic. And we've seen so many people coming to information like this because of the relatively free and open flow. Uh, open flow of information uh, on the World Wide Web over the past couple of decades, which is exactly why I think we're starting to see them trying to clap down on this and trying to marginalize and, and form other gatekeeping practices that will effectively block these types of voices from being heard in the much the same way that the 20th century mass media communication devices were all uh, censored and controlled in one way or another.
0: Right. Now, the reason I wanted to talk to you today was that I had heard that uh, videos that you had made were being taken down if they were on Facebook. And I had just recently spoken to a, um, a you know, comedian who had was, was doing a, a kind of a show where he was a pro-Trump and then he was a, uh, against Trump. And both sides of the guys were cousins and they had different names. But yet the uh, one guy's website, Rusty Myers, was taken down completely and just erased. And, and he went on to tell about it. There's, there's no appeal. There's no nothing. Just everything is gone. And... Uh, it's very strange that somehow there is, there's no, um, there's no one to talk to. You just try, try, you know, getting a hold of anybody at YouTube or, or Google. You think you're talking to a a computer, an AI, and, uh, I doubt that you can never get a real person, but if you try to appeal something, even like, you know, marks against you on YouTube, if you have a copyright claim or. Geez, I've had I've had copyright claims where uh, the band has hired me to make a video for them and mm-hmm. put it up, and then the things, mm-hmm. oh, you know, copyright infringement. Like, what are you talking about? You know?
1: Yeah, these I had a mean. I had a remarkably similar experience just recently. I do a Summer Truth Music uh, video every year, where I just highlight independent musicians and the work that they're doing around and talking about important subjects. And uh, and just the uh, about a month ago, I got a YouTube message about one of those videos and one of the songs in one of those videos that had been flagged for copyright, which was particularly ironic because that band had specifically requested me to put their song in and even sent me the MP3 so that I could put it in that video. But now, of course, YouTube is trying to tell me that it's copyright infringement, even though I explicitly have the band's not only consent, but actual appeal for me to put their music in the video.
0: Right. Well, you get the idea that you're talking to thin air or an AI device or something because. Oh, exactly. You know, of course,
1: I appealed it, and literally within about 10 seconds, my appeal was rejected. No human being is looking at that, it's just an automatic reply.
0: Yeah. So, uh, therefore, we're going to need something different. I mean, at least I have a .com. I put stuff up at blackopradio.com or prouty.org or some stuff is there. But I, I do end up putting some stuff at YouTube. Uh, I don't put everything there, but I put some shows there. So if people are searching for that. But tell me a little bit about some of the videos and, and troubles that you've been having. Because I think people should start to become aware that this is a crackdown coming down now. That I'm not blaming it on... Trump or what one specific you know administration but the crackdown is coming that they realize that a broadcaster can get the word out and if you're searching for it uh like you say alternate history revisionist history you know there's just what whatever uh you're looking for you can find an alternate story so uh, in an in instance of JFK assassination uh there's a lot of information out there or 9-11 or something that you've done a, a a fantastic video on you know highlighting you know follow the money that kind of stuff and it's amazing that uh, that the nine eleven has just gone uh, kind of slid under the radar and it looks mm. like Americans don't care I mean it's big apathy there
1: well, there there is apathy. Uh, there has been a lot of things that have gone on in the 9-11 truth movement to, I think, divert it. Um, and, of course, there is just time um, does sort of make things seem more of a rearview mirror issue rather than some sort of pressing political issue as it was during the Bush administration itself. So there's a number of reasons for that. But one of the reasons is that now 9-11 and 9-11 truth specifically is being algorithmically suppressed. And I can speak with some experience on that because I uh, I have in, seen it happening. And this is a subject that uh, just to underline your point, this has nothing to do with the Trump administration in particular. Uh, this is uh, an issue that I've been Thinking about looking at and uh, basically expecting for the entirety of the corporate report, I've been doing this for 12 years now, and you can go back into the archives, some of my earliest episodes talking about the Internet censorship and uh, various plans uh, for suppressing uh, alternative voices online that have been in the works for a very long time. And that's why. Basically, since the beginning of the corporate report, I've always been supportive of alternative um, channels, uh, not YouTube based, but alternative uh, platforms for for sharing videos and things like that. There was something called uh, uh, Veracity Video um, back a a decade ago or so that that started up that I was a big supporter of and quickly went under because it just didn't have the infrastructure capacity for uh, you uh, that YouTube does to support all of that video streaming. Um, But in recent years, uh, Bitshoot.com has come along as a YouTube alternative. It cites the Corbett report as one of the reasons why the uh, the founder decided to start Bitshoot because of the way that I talked about internet censorship. And uh, I'm also on DTube. I have an IPFS mirror of my website. I have for the last eight years, I believe, uh, copied all of my videos, which I do post to YouTube. But I also post to Bitshoot. I also post to DTube. I occasionally post to Minds.com. But I also take those MP4 files and put them directly on my server so they can all be downloaded directly from my website for free, of course. So I have definitely been a big supporter of this because I've seen it coming. And now I can really see in real time as they're changing the algorithms and and basically making this type of information harder and harder to discover. One really interesting example of that came uh, several months ago now when uh, MSNBC's Chris Hayes did a tweet spree where he was tweeting about, uh, imagine you're a high school student and you get assigned a homework project on the Federal Reserve. So you go home and you type Federal Reserve into YouTube and you get this. And he posts a screenshot from Century of Enslavement, my documentary on the Federal Reserve. So basically he was making the argument, well, you know, oh, think of the poor high school students who are typing Federal Reserve into YouTube and they're getting these conspiracy documentaries that have documented history, a a hyperlinked transcript where all of the claims and all of the quotes and everything that I use in there is is linked for people to go check for themselves. Oh, the horror! (laughs) But anyway, uh, it was interesting to note that literally the next day after Chris Hayes tweeted about that, and and, uh, I think there were thousands of uh, uh, retweets and likes and comments and things, a lot of people in the comments actually calling him out for it or saying, thank you, I hadn't seen that documentary. Before, it's very good <laughs> but uh literally the next day uh you go to youtube and you type federal reserve into the search bar and you no longer get century of enslavement of course you get the uh, the federal reserve's official channel you get uh, a cnn piece i think is the number one piece on the federal reserve now uh you can't find century of enslavement just by typing federal reserve anymore this is the way i think that censorship is going to proceed um from here on out. Of course, there are the outright bands of channels and things that are taking place, but that generates a lot of attention and it generates a lot of interest. The Streisand effect, it actually increases interest in these topics. If uh, the the people in charge of these platforms wanted to do this censorship in a much more nuanced and, and, uh, and effective way, they would just algorithmically make sure that these types of documentaries and other things don't come up in the search bar and don't get recommended in the recommended feed and you have instantly eliminated half of the audience or more. I mean, there's no way for me to un- to know, but I have over 330,000 subscribers now on YouTube, I believe, uh, it's over 60 million video views over the last decade or 12 years. Uh, absolutely unfathomable to me because I am literally just a guy sitting here in my apartment in Japan, well, my house now, uh, it just doing this from my living room. I mean, it's, it's absolutely unfathomable that I've been able to reach literally tens of millions of people around the world, but that absolutely would not have happened happened if it weren't for the fact that YouTube at some point was more or less fair and really did recommend uh, things to people who were interested in these types of subjects. Or uh, I did occasionally make the front page of YouTube back when YouTube had a front page that was actually a, a real front page. So they are manipulating they are changing it now to make sure that voices like these don't get promoted as much. And then the outright censorship is starting to.
0: Interrupting for a moment, you mentioned they're changing the algorithm. For people who don't know what that is, can you just elaborate more? I know you're...
1: Yes. So YouTube has a secret recipe that we don't know all of the details of which. It's proprietary, of course, but... And there's entire channels on YouTube that are dedicated to, well, what how do you title your video or what kind of information do you put in the description or what kind of tags do you use or how does how does YouTube decide which videos to recommend in the recommended bar or which videos to place on people's uh, front page when they, they sign into YouTube? And there's all sorts of theories about how you Yeah, what length of video is good and how much engagement from the viewers and what kind of engagement. If they hit the like, is that better than if they make a comment and all of this? I mean, there's all these different factors that go into it. But at any rate, uh, there has been for many years now, um, many people trying to sort out what what is the algorithm and how does it decide what what videos to recommend? But in recent years, uh, YouTube has been talking more and more about manually adjusting their algorithm to make sure that they don't promote harmful content and of course originally this was being raised in the context of uh literal you know terrorist promotion videos or th- things like that or outright violence or or pornography or whatever but uh, that of course that definition is morphing so that now it's well anything that for example could be foreign interference in the election process. So people who are presenting information about political parties, for example, that might give those political parties a black eye. Well, that's election interference. So that might be a reason to crack down on those types of videos. Or, of course, people promoting conspiracy theories about JFK or 9-11 or subjects like that. And so now this is all being lumped in together and basically algorithmically Uh, suppressed so that these types of videos, the types of videos that I do or the ones that I imagine you post to your channel, will not be recommended to other people, will be harder to find in the search results, will effectively be made invisible to all but the people who subscribe to you. And even then, they've instituted a number of feature updates so that now, even if people are subscribed to you, they don't necessarily get information or notification about your new videos. Now you have to subscribe to someone and click the bell so that you'll get notifications. And uh, I hear from people all the time about how it's very strange. I didn't unsubscribe from your channel, but I just checked my subscription feed from YouTube and you're not in there anymore. That's why I don't see your videos anymore. So I'm getting this information from all sorts of listeners all the time. I can tell that it is getting harder and harder, and I can even see that from my own perspective. Just the other day, I actually, just out of curiosity, I just searched Corbett Report in YouTube. You would expect that a a search that direct would yield a number of very pertinent results. It did lead to my channel, uh, the corporate Report channel and my corporate Report Extras channel, which is kind of a, ba- a secondary channel that I have. Um, but other than that, uh, there were very few actual videos of mine that were in that search. Most of the videos were other channels that had re-uploaded my content or people who had interviewed me over the years. I, I-, I think my channel in particular, my videos are being suppressed so that they are getting harder and harder to find in the search bar. And the problem with that, and, and the reason why that is a problem problem, as I say, is because I am not doing this just to preach to the choir and just to talk to my, my own audience. I am doing this to try to reach out to other people, people who might not have heard of this information before. And that was remarkably successful over the past decade. Again, as I say, over 60 million views on YouTube and however many tens of millions of podcast downloads and other things. I've reached people all over the world, but that is only because there was a fair playing field to some extent or other over the past decade. Now that that fair playing field is being eradicated, Not only is my content not going to be harder and harder to find, but uh, for anyone who's coming up today, if I was just starting the corporate report today, there's no way that I would have been able to build up the audience that I have um, over the past decade. And that's that's worry. That should be worrying to anyone, even people who disagree with me and my information and, and the things that I talk about. I'm happy for people to disagree. But you have to understand that the the inability to have a fair playing field for information is a threat it is a threat to that that can affect anyone because, of course, whoever is in control of the algorithms and the system can decide what information should or should not be propagated. And that decision can really mean the difference between a, a, an idea and information getting out to the masses and it being suppressed. And that that is a very dangerous place for us to be in. As I'm sure you know, looking at topics like the JFK assassination, can you imagine if this information could essentially be 1984 memory hold, so that uh, entire books or in, entire lines and inquiries of research could just be disappeared at a moment's notice. That's the world we're moving into as all of this information is digitized.
0: Well, that happened to me with Wikipedia. I mean, they had a whole bunch of things about Fletcher, which I tried to correct, things that weren't true, and then I, tr- I tried to make corrections. And after uh, three times, I was charged with vandalism. I mean, I'm correcting guys saying I know Fletcher Prouty. This is not true. You can't just say that. And uh, they go, "Well, you know, he's dead. Who are you? You know." <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I, I just know firsthand from the the fraud of Wikipedia. Is I went so far as to make my own. I got a code and I, and I've got uh, something called Proudypedia and it's uh, it's a wiki code and it looks just like wikipedia but it's proudypedia i'm able to put everything i wanted to about fletcher there so if anybody's researching it but then when you talk about algorithms for people who don't know this is like a computer code that is going to recognize um a, a poster uh, someone a user and they will want to have a review they do not just post it you can't just post something and it'll go up. Or like you say, it, it they will block it from all your subscribers until someone's okayed it. I mean, there's countless videos I have done on the JFK assassination that have been demonetized. That they, oh, they are not fit for our advertisers. or are not suitable for our advertisers. Have you come across that as well?
1: Uh, I certainly have. I never monetized my, my videos because I never wanted to make money from Google. I, I don't want to take their dirty money anyway, and I don't want advertisements on my videos. So luckily, this has not really affected me. Um, but I have nonetheless received a uh, notification about various videos basically confirming, yes, this video is not monetized, but you cannot monetize it. <laughs> so it has certainly uh, been applied to various videos of mine um, uh, talking about controversial subject matter of course 9 oh, or things like that um one of the most baffling for me was uh in the wake of the release of my world war one documentary which is a three-part documentary i released in in three stages uh back late last year on the 100th anniversary of the end of world war one uh and i posted that of course to youtube as well as Bitshoot, DTube, other platforms and to my own website but on youtube Uh, It was about a month later, or maybe two months. It it took a while, but eventually the YouTube... Censors got around to it, I suppose, and they sent me a notification that though the first two parts of that documentary, that three-part documentary, the first two parts were age restricted, which means you have to be signed into YouTube and declaring that you are 18 years old or older in order to watch this, which is particularly baffling because it is literally a documentary about World War One that literally does nothing but has narration talking over. Um, non-violent, non-graphic images, there's nothing in there that's, uh, oh my God, this this incredible violence or anything of, of that sort. It's literally a historical documentary. Uh, one imagines that the History Channel is not being age-restricted because it talks about war. Uh, so, I mean, this is clearly politically motivated. This is because I am not talking about historical events in the way that they're taught in the classroom, and that this is seen as a threat precisely because this information has gained such traction amongst the general public over the past few decades, and they're they're looking desperately for ways to crack down on that. So, yes, demonetization, age restriction, uh, algorithmic deranking, all of these methods have been applied. And then, of course, there is the outright banning and censorship. And I have had that feedback from um, some of my listeners who have tried to post various videos of mine to Facebook, and it has been rejected. Um, I don't know anything about that because I'm not on Facebook and never will be. I, I'm not a Facebook fan, but, uh, I've always known that was a controlled platform from the beginning, but it is still a remarkably effective way to reach a large number of people. And again, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube, all of these social media platforms are cracking down on this type of information right now.
0: And I was, you know, disturbed to see that Alex Jones was taken down Not that I agree or disagree with Alex Jones on any particular uh, issue, but I, I had listened to him with interest every now and then. I would tune in once a month just to see what was going on because early, you know, he had done several documentaries that I thought were worthwhile. Um, just his episode with Piers Morgan was one of the greatest things I'd ever seen on TV. You know, I mean, oh, okay, you're laughing, but I'm telling you. I agree, actually. that was, actually, that was like, I, the greatest thing I'd ever seen, you know. I'm not going to play my rules, It was but,
1: remarkable and memorable and certainly cut through. Uh, anything you'd normally see on CNN or any other type of news platform like that. It was, yeah, it it was definitely entertaining at the very least. Yeah. And, uh, of course that will never happen again.
0: Yeah. I loved when he started talking about operation Gladio and then the the sponsors that were all pharmaceutical companies, Oh, they're not going to let anyway, and enough about that, but I have the ability to turn them off. So you know for me i'd listen for 10 minutes or so and if the rhetoric got too much i just turned it off and i thought well there's no problem his hatred of uh, the democrats was just too pavlovian it was just like no matter what they did uh, you know they were all crazy and they're you know so i'm canadian it didn't you know republican democrat it doesn't really bother me too much you know i just follow uh, american history with interest but that's my answer for it i think a lot of people if you don't like the show turn it off don't listen but yeah, banning him banning him from all these other platforms it seemed to be that well wait a minute that means you're trying to legislate a morality and an education of history the world that we live in without allowing a contrary point of view even if that point of view is wrong and the, the old saying is um defending free speech is you have to defend uncomfortable speech because that's when right. you have to defend everything that people get along with they agree with well then you don't have to worry about defending that but when somebody has a point of view that you think oh that's a little too far that's where you have to say listen free speech let the guy say what he's going to say and um uh, for better or for worse it seems like the sandy hook thing was the thing that uh, that caused the whole kettle to boil over or whatever you want to say and um uh, and um I didn't didn't even really care about that topic. I mean, there's certain topics that I only have so much time in a day to research, right? But, you know, that was one of the things that Alex Jones just kind of wiped off. Luckily, I mean, for him, he has his own channel still, like um, Infowars.com, I think it is, right? So you could go there and listen if you want or not.
1: Well, that's right. And I think that's an important point because we run the risk of being led into a false solution to this problem of censorship, which is to say that platforms like... YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or whatever should be obligated. They should be forced to allow everyone onto their platform by government decree. and of course, this is the idea of the government crackdown that's going to make everything better. I think that's fundamentally not just naive, but a- a- actually fundamentally wrong because uh, I mean, the 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 simplest uh, way I think, to frame this would be, of course, we would not say that YouTube has to host child pornography or or whatever, anything that they disagree with, even just regular pornography. We would never step in and say the government should make them put pornography up because it's free speech. Uh, Of course not. Um, And in the similar vein, YouTube can decide this is not a political platform. You can't talk anything about politics and could remove all political content if they want. And I don't think the government should have the power to come in and say you must put this channel up, um, because, of course, that Same power would be invested in the government to block any content that they don't want by making hate speech laws or whatever, whatever uh, legislative tricks they come up with. I think the real point of this is that people should be aware that, yes, if you support. If you want a a platform that actually supports free speech and does allow people with uncomfortable opinions on there, you should support alternative platforms. You should not be going to the government to ask us to, oh, please allow us to have something like YouTube and please allow me a space on YouTube. I think that's fundamentally the wrong solution to this. I think the real the real answer to this lies in the audience itself and whether. We actually really care about these issues. If we really care about free speech and support for it, we will turn away from the controlled platforms that are cracking down on it. And we will support alternatives that actually do exist out there and that are already Functional. Uh, it, and there was a point a decade ago where it was basically impossible to start a YouTube alternative because technologically it just was not possible. YouTube has these uh, servers all over the world, distributed, and, and has so much computing power that, of course, they can afford the the hundreds of millions, I'm sure, of dollars that it requires to to stream all this video every year. Uh, no uh, serious alternative could could arise uh, to that until. Now we have alternative technologies like WebTorrent technology and others that actually means that the more people are using these, these platforms running on that technology, the faster it will go because it is uh, accruing basically processing power from all of the people using them. There are now technological solutions that make that there really not only can be, but actually are at this time real viable alternatives to these control platforms like BitChute, like like DTube, like minds.com, like uh, uh, so many different alternatives that are popping up every day that I can't even keep track of them all. I think if we are serious about supporting free speech, we have to stop using, to the extent that it's even possible, we have to stop using the controlled platforms and vote with our feet. That's the ultimate way to have a real effect on this issue.
0: Another point of view was that uh you know, two people talking over the telephone and and one guy saying, well, telecompanies have been listening into our conversations and they don't like what we're saying, so they're going to turn off our phone, delete our phone number. And there are some young people that only use Facebook and Messenger. So in one way, that is a monopoly. I mean, they're not obligated to do that. They can have different uh, email addresses, but then when you think uh, the way that the... uh, the NSA and that has tapped into everything and we found out, you know, via Ed Snowden that uh, all these guys are all uh, compromised is the word I was Mm -hmm. thinking. They're all compromised. Mm -hmm. They're all logged in. Right. In fact, there was only one company that uh, wouldn't go with it. Do you remember? And if the owner said, I am uh, closing the company today because I'm obligated. If I say anything more about it, I'll take it to
1: to court. It was an email provider. I think the one that, uh, that Snowden was using, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um, that that's what happened.
1: Yes, absolutely. But I think ultimately I reject that because that's a victim mentality. Oh, you know, poor us. We have to use Facebook because it's all we know and there's no alternative out there. What will we do? Oh, it's so hard to go to a different platform. No, that is victim mentality. And I don't accept that. We have the power to change this in our hands right now. There is no one with a gun to your head forcing you to use controlled platforms and asking the government to make sure they play fair, which is To me, it is mind boggling that people can understand that the uh, elements of of the the government itself were behind the assassination of JFK. Elements of the government were involved in 9-11 and killing thousands of Americans in order to justify wars of aggression to kill millions around the world. All of these unspeakable, horrible acts committed by real psychopaths in positions of power. But we'll ask them to make laws to nicely regulate these Internet companies and everything will be better like that. Absolutely not. The power is in our hands. we either stop using these controlled platforms or we continue using them and, and basically take the consequences
0: right so right now uh, what you have just a .com website uh, i have that as i mentioned blackopradio.com what are some of the th- some of the things that you recommend because you said you have a couple of backups right
1: that's right so uh, as i say i am uh, also posting to bitshoot.com and DTube, which is an off- offset of the Steam blockchain, which is Steamit.com, uh, is the main front portal for that uh, that blockchain, which is a blockchain-based, uh, uh, basically Facebook slash Reddit type of alternative platform that's out there. Uh, Minds.com is out there. I don't post to that very much anymore because, unfortunately, they have decided to limit video uploads to ten minutes, and very, very few of my videos are under 10 minutes. So I could post a link on minds.com to my YouTube post, but I I think that's that kind of defeats the purpose of having a backup. Um, but as I say, there are so many different alternatives that are coming up. And I keep getting emails every day. Have you heard of this new this new video sharing platform? Have you heard of this new uh, Facebook-like program? Have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? Uh, I can't even keep track of them all. So they definitely exist out there. But fundamentally, yeah, I think the most important thing is I do have my own uh, website, corporatereport.com, which is the place I I would hope people would go if they really care about my work, I would hope they would support it directly through the website rather than looking for me on some social media platform, because as great as all these alternatives are, who knows, they could disappear tomorrow. And I certainly wouldn't want that to mean that all of my work disappears. That's why I absolutely keep my own uh, backups. And interestingly, just in the past couple of months, uh, Ernest Hancock of Declare Your Independence uh, at freedomphoenix.com has helped me to create an IPFS mirror of the Corbett report website and ip ipfs for those who don't know is the interplanetary file system which is uh it's essentially a decentralized uh type of internet alternative where essentially i mean it's it's kind of like a torrent technology where uh, files are stored on multiple servers in different places, decentralized around the world, and you can access those files by essentially putting a call out to the IPFS network. As long as you have the the hashtag, the the hash that is the actual file itself, you can accrue that information. So my entire website is now up on IPFS. As long as the IPFS network is up and functional, that will be there forever. No matter what happens to my website or any of the places where my information is stored, that will be up there forever as long as there are IPFS servers and there is an IPFS network. So there are ideas like this. And as I say, more coming on every single day that I can't even keep track of them all. But they do exist. And it is incumbent on us to start talking about this and looking at these alternatives because, again, people fall into the trap so easily that Con- the trap of convenience. Well, YouTube is there, and I just type youtube.com, and it's instant and it's fast and it works well. And, you know, so that's what I want. I basically want the government to come along and provide me with that on a silver platter. That's not how reality works. And if you haven't figured that out, I think you probably haven't done much research into governments and how they really work at all.
0: Right. There was, uh, after Alex Jones got banned, there was one that popped up called Real Video, but it changed its name to Brighteon. Yes, and, um, yeah. that that accepted videos, but um, yeah, it, it's almost too much to spread yourself out. I mean, you have a good backup. I have I have my own server, so I have my own server, and then everything's backed up here. But just it's of interest, I think, to let people know that like uh, cooking a, a frog slowly, that things are starting to disappear, and they're starting to clamp down. And you talked about algorithms, which is computer code, uh, of blocking people so that if you do a search for something you won't find that in the first yes. two or three pages yes and that is in and the, and the
1: scariest part of this the one that i really want people to to really come away from this conversation really thinking about is that this represents a uh, such a higher level of censorship than anything that has been possible in human history before, uh, aside from outright book burning or something like that. But at, at any rate, suppression of information certainly did take place, as I say, in the 20th century around people like Fletcher Prouty and others trying to get information out to the public. But that that was suppression of information. That information still at least existed somewhere. And if you, you knew where to look and you knew what to look at, you could find it. But in this Orwellian 21st century dystopia that we're sleepwalking into we're getting to the point where it will be possible for them to take down entire tranches of information for example the people who are just posting to YouTube and don't have any backup anywhere else if their channel gets taken down that information is gone memory hold destroyed forever, never seen again. And I'm sure you're starting to encounter this. I know I am. I go back to things that I was looking at a decade ago when I was starting the website that I know was out there now literally doesn't exist because the YouTube video has been scrubbed or Google video, which used to exist uh, a decade and a half ago and had a lot of documentaries that that just disappeared overnight. Uh, There's so much information that is already disappearing. Let alone what could disappear, it should really give us pause for thought about the digitization of information and what that means.
0: Well, it is a concern. Uh, like you said, it, it's kind of insidious. It's happening right now, and uh, you go searching for something like you mentioned, Google Video. Yeah, I, I had a lot of documentaries that I had. Uh, luckily, I've copied many of them. I've. Uh, you can go to YouTube. Y T. I'll find the link and put it up there, but you can, you know, right click and copy things. And I've copied many, many videos now when I see something I like, because just the fear it'll be gone, that it'll be gone, you know?
1: Exactly. Right. And that is a best practice that people should be getting into right now. When you see an article or you see a video or you listen to a podcast that you think is important. Absolutely. If you do not save it to your hard drive, if you do not physically have a copy, uh, stored, It will disappear at some point i i can almost guarantee it especially if it's important and sensitive information so absolutely that is a practice that people should be getting into right now
0: yeah ytmp4.net or ytmp3.cc are the two that i was using and they will copy uh, youtube videos and um One good thing about it, you know, is um, I don't know if it's good or bad, but if you copy a video, you don't get the commercials or things that embedded. So if you come across something that has a whole lot of ads in it, when you copy it and just play it on your phone or wherever later, the ads aren't embedded. So you get the the whole documentary the way it was.
1: Yeah. I use Adblock Plus on Firefox, so I haven't seen an ad on YouTube in, I, I don't know, I don't think I've ever seen one, maybe at least a decade anyway.
0: So... Of You mentioned that you're not on Facebook, so you're not really aware of what's being taken down, but uh, are you able to tell me what topics that other people have been telling you uh, have been removed?
1: I'm just going from memory here, but I'm pretty sure there was someone just a month or two ago that was telling me about uh, one of my 9-11 videos. I can't remember which one, but something to do with 9-11. I'm not... I have to think about some because I get I do get this feedback from time to time, but I, I haven't made a note of which particular information. But I know 9-11 was one of the topics. Um, uh, I would be surprised if it wasn't also health related because I think they're going to start using health related topics as a way of cracking down on, quote unquote, conspiracy information because people providing alternative uh, medical advice, um, of course, is something that's seen by the public as a great danger because it can directly affect people's health. So I think that will be one of the wedge issues that they use. Obviously, anything to do with vaccines or things like that will be something that will be cracked down on. But I can't I can't speak from that directly from experience with Facebook.
0: Well, I know that anything that Pearl Harbor related, anything Jesse Ventura, nine uh, that's the kind of things that have been uh, I've been flagged for on Black Op Radio. That's why I, I don't really post too many of those things up there anymore. Like you say, there's, you keep your own website, and if people are interested in your show, they'll come to that. But, you know, it's just, I think a lot of people were surprised about Alex Jones being totally taken off, and then they go, well, that's him. But um, a week or two ago when I heard of a comedian that was just doing... Uh, pro-Trump or anti-Trump stuff and his whole channel was removed overnight Uh, no appeal no anything and like you say even if you do uh, ask for uh, an appeal within 10 seconds to get a reply or denied you know so it's no human has ever looked at it they just they don't want this on there if you say anything against or in this case it was pro-Trump he was uh well I should say he always put his foot in his mouth. So it's kind of like an Archie Bunker type thing. He, he looked to be supporting Trump, but he ended up looking uh, bad for it. So uh, Rusty Myers, it was just, it's all comedy. And, and then another listener told me about your website that he had troubles with your stuff on Facebook. And and you know, that, that's uh, that's the way it is.
1: Yes. Yes, it is the way it is. And unfortunately, again, this plays on our psychology where people will, uh, they'll they'll always lead with some sort of really extreme, oh, look at this. We can't possibly stand this on our platform. And most people will probably agree with it. Um, but that's, of course, only the excuse to begin cracking down more widely and on a greater range of controversial subjects or even things that uh, that just have been deemed political wrong think. And that is the slope that we're heading down right now. And I think everyone sees that we're gaining speed heading down that slope. So, uh, again, I just want to reiterate, I think it's up to us to start rejecting these controlled platforms and doing what we can to diversify this information and make the Internet what it what it was, what it could be, what it was always supposed to be, which is the free flow of information. May the best ideas and the best information win that should be the fair fight that we're fighting rather than a a fight where we have our hands tied algorithmically behind our backs
0: yeah like in the old days you didn't really think if you went into a library you thought you could find anything and then uh, it was like famous like a book would be banned in boston you know there were places that censors were more uh hardcore or something like that you know and uh uh, you wouldn't find a certain kind of book, or I don't know. When I was a kid, I think it was Lady Chatterley's Lover, or some book was banned, you know, or something like that, right? <laughs> now, people are more worried about. I think people listening to your show, my show, are concerned about the world and what's going on. Not really if uh, uh, some kind of pornography or something is on there, or you have to be age uh, approved, over 19. I mean. W- What ten-year-old would be listening to World War One
1: anyway, (laughs) right? I I don't know. I I, 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 even if I even if you disagree with with my work and what I say, I think uh, as a parent, I would be impressed if my children were were trying to find out more about World War One.
0: Yeah, that's the (laughs) other shoe on the other foot, right? You know, if somebody's young wants to look listen to a history channel, but uh, they want to be in charge of the story, right?
1: Exactly. Right. Anyway, I should should mention that my World War One documentary is available for free viewing at corporateport.com slash WWI. And there's the full transcript, there's the videos, the audios directly from my server, so you can watch them without any age restriction.
0: Great. Uh, one thing I think you should mention, if you want to give the address name, is there your great 911 uh, 11 video, which you did a, a summation of. And I think it was about two years ago now, or, or is it even longer? But that was really good. Lately, with the redacted stuff coming out about nine eleven, it's just unbelievable that this is the apathy of Americans. It just, it's just—it's so so surprising to me that people aren't taken to the streets. Even they just—they're uh, more caught up with uh, disagreeing with Trump or not. That uh, so many things are going on behind the scenes. Uh, some of the good documentaries. Uh, anyway, I just want to make sure you help promote that one. That that was. Uh,
1: well, I'm assuming you're referring to my 9-11, a conspiracy theory video. It's a five-minute sort of tongue-in-cheek summary of the ridiculous idea, the, the the official story of 9-11, which, of course—
0: Okay, sorry. I thought it was about 10 minutes long. Is there—anyway, uh, if it's only five— well, it, I,
1: I have several. Uh, well, I've done a lot of work on 9-11 over the years. But uh, that, that one is by far my, my best-known. Um, it's had several million views on various different platforms. Uh, just type 9-11, a conspiracy theory— into a search bar, but hopefully not Google, because Google would be suppressing it. But DuckDuckGo or StartPage.com or some of the other search engines that are out there, you will definitely find my 9-11, A Conspiracy Theory. But you can find all of my work on 9-11. Again, just go to CorporateReport.com, and 9-11 will be, the one of the, I think, the first tag in my search by tag function on the sidebar. Just click on that, and you can see all the work that I've done on 9-11 over the years.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. I just wanted to, you know, today, I just wanted to, uh, you know, be kind of brief and just talk about this from your point of view, that uh, things are going missing and people should wake up about that. But is there anything you would like to bring up that I didn't get to yet before we wrap up?
1: Well, I think I think we covered the basis. And if people are interested in, in this topic and my take on it, I would just point them to a uh, episode that I had of my podcast, episode 344. It's called Problem Reaction Solution Internet Censorship Edition. And it's about this censorship problem and the type of solution that I think is going to be proposed to it, i.e. government regulation, which uh, I think is the wrong answer to this. So if people want more elaboration on that, they can go back to episode 344 of my podcast.
0: Very good. All right. Thank you, James, for taking time to talk to me today. Thank you uh,
1: very much for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Good. And email me anytime you think of something of interest.
1: I absolutely will.
0: Thank you so much. Good night.
1: Take care.